0: Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Transcend Human podcast. It is March 22nd, 2021, episode 54. Here we go. It's another wonderful Monday morning here in Southern California. And no matter where you are at in the country or around the world, um, when you look out your front door, when you look out a window at your home, uh, I hope that you love where you're at as much as I love where I'm at. Uh, Some of you probably are looking out at six feet of snow right now and that's awesome. Snow is beautiful. It is, however, one of the main reasons why we moved to Southern California, um, because we had done that for a very long time, and we were just wanting to do something different, and Southern California is definitely different. At any rate, let's jump in. Um, So a few housekeeping things. Again, uh, we are still going strong with our 50th episode challenge. Uh, week and a half left, I believe. We're wrapping things up here. Uh, For those of you who have been with us for a little while, you know how this works. Uh, We're asking that if you would give us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, that we will send you free coffee. Um, And it's this week, we're actually going to make it a bit easier. So I'm going to stick the link to the podcast in Apple in the show notes. So if you want to participate in this, literally just Go to the show notes, click the link, and it'll take you right there. Um, So again, from now until the end of March, we're doing this. um, And basically, this is us partnering, right? Partnering together to help make the show a success and also to make sure that you are caffeinated. So it's a win-win, right? Uh, Just a reminder, once you do or if you do um, leave us a review, please reach out right away to info at transcendhuman.com. Uh, And just let us know that you were the one that left the review since there is no other way for us to tell. Uh, And that way we can get you a gift card uh, out to you as soon as possible. All right, that's it. Um, Let's jump into our minute of transparency for today. Um, I'm going to call this one Everybody's Doing It. So I had an interesting conversation uh, with my daughter the other day. Uh, She and my wife were standing in the kitchen talking about our other daughter. Uh, And the fact that she didn't like doing things just because they were popular. To which my wife said, uh, she got that from her dad. He's the same way. Uh, My daughter in the kitchen looked at me and said, dad, there's a reason things are popular. I mean, if that many people are doing it, pardon the accent. But anyways, I replied, oh, you mean like the Tide Pod challenge or the cinnamon challenge? Or how about vaping? And that pretty much ended the conversation. Uh, She rolled her eyes as if to say, dad, you're so extra. But I think I had a solid point. I mean, come on, just because everybody is doing something doesn't make it right. I mean, I'm sure everyone my age grew up hearing that mantra. Uh, My parents used to use the line, if everyone was going to jump off of a cliff, would you do that too? Um, And now I get it, right? Right. My daughter was talking about a TV show that has really caught on to the point where over 82 million people or something like that are actually watching this show, and that's a lot different than doing the Tide Pod Challenge. But at some point, I think each of us has to get a handle on this whole concept of popularity, right? Obviously, there's this line that can be crossed. Buying a certain brand of clothing because it's popular is a whole lot different than texting and driving because it's just what everyone does. So how do we identify where that line is, right? Are we able to easily identify it or does it take us a hot minute before we're finally able to convince ourselves uh, that it may be something that's not in our best interest for us to do? I mean, I guess there may be a pretty easy distinction when it comes to danger, right? So using the example above, buying a specific brand is not typically a dangerous activity. However, doing the Tide Pod Challenge is obviously dangerous something most people would understand. But what if it wasn't something physically dangerous, right? What if the popular thing was something that could impact your mental health? What if the popular thing started to change your belief system or personality on some level? That's when it becomes a bit harder to say no to, right? When someone, when it's something that everyone else seems to be doing, it's a bit harder to see that for what it is. Now, the funny thing is, my wife was right when she said my daughter was just like her father, because I do have that bone in my body, the one that rebels against things just because they're popular. In fact, it can turn me off immediately when I hear things like, the most popular show on television is, don't miss out on this global phenomenon, the best-selling truck for the past five years, voted the best pizza in New York, etc., etc. I just don't care, because I'm not everyone. And I didn't vote for it. I wasn't part of the group who decided your truck or your pizza was all that in a box of rocks. So don't tell me that the thing that you have is the best thing or that your thing is the best thing. I'll be the judge of that. And the opposite is also true. I can't stand it when people put something down. When movie critics make uh, blanket statements about a movie being so crappy, not worth the price of admission. Some of my favorite movies were considered horrible by the brightest minds in the entertainment industry. Let me decide. Let me be the judge when it comes to that movie, that restaurant, or that product. Probably the best example that I can think of is back when the original iPhone came out. Now, everyone in my little world was jumping on the Apple bandwagon. And not just the iPhone, right? They were switching to MacBooks and iPads and all the other stuff as well, going all in. And because of who I am, I resisted, right? I kept my hardworking Dell Latitude, and I loved testing out phones like the HTC Evo and the Palm Pre. My Apple friends would get frustrated when their shiny new devices didn't seem to work with tried-and-true technologies like Microsoft, Microsoft Exchange Server, or when certain files would open on a PC but not on their Macs. And for a while, life was good they had their shiny new devices, and I had my device that actually worked. Now this didn't last long. Eventually, Mac and PC decided to play nice, and at some point, the two platforms appeared to be capable of doing the same things. So at that point, it was more of a preference thing versus a productivity thing. But for some reason, I still wasn't sold on Apple, right? Until my family started moving in that direction. My wife got the iPhone, my kids each had iPods, and eventually I was the odd man out. My non-fruit phone uh, did not play nice with Apple messages. Uh, I couldn't use find a friend, and so eventually I was sucked in. Now I'm not gonna lie, it's not like being sucked in to Apple is like being sucked into a tar pit or a pit of quicksand. Uh, It's more like being sucked out of your American car and forced to drive an Audi R8. I mean, Apple products are beautiful, They're designed for form as much as they are for function. When the MacBook Air was launched, they put out that iconic commercial where they slipped it into the manila envelope and the entire world gasped. Then the iPad came out and the concept of a large touchscreen experience was born. There's no doubt, they are nice products. But for me, it just took time to see the benefit, to ensure that I wasn't giving up too much in order to just follow the crowd. And the family piece was huge as well. Uh, Once I fully moved over uh, to Apple, our family became a unit, sharing everything from find a friend to messages to FaceTime, apps, movies, music, all of it, right? Being part of the ecosystem Apple created just makes your life easier. Now, don't get me wrong. There are still drawbacks to the most frustrating. The first, Microsoft Office products. Still the standard in the business world. I mean, you can't really use Apple productivity software and expect to be as productive. So you load Microsoft Office onto your Mac, and then you realize that it isn't exactly the same as you remember. For me, Outlook and Excel just aren't quite as good as I remember them being on a PC. So there's that. Next is cutting-edge technology. So if you really want the latest, the greatest, you know, the thing that just came out, you probably don't want Apple. And it's not because Apple is dumb, right? It's just part of their business strategy. They understand that cutting-edge technology, or often called bleeding-edge technology, uh, is called that for a reason, because it's often a bit unstable, and it may not be compatible with everything else out there. So instead, Apple waits for other companies to do things like 4K video, slow-motion video, OLED screens, et cetera, et cetera. And once they've been on the market for a while, Apple comes along, and perfects them. The issue is this. They have perfected a technology that came out two years ago on other phones. But I digress. This episode is not about Apple. Uh, For a minute there, I was transported back to a previous life uh, when I used to write for my uh, web-driven church blog. Uh, I posted once, sometimes twice a week, about the use of technology in the church world, and these were the kind of uh, blog post that I was writing back then. Seems like forever ago. Anyway, enough of that. Let's transition into our topic for today, which surprisingly enough is directly related to the everyone's doing it concept that we just talked about. Today's topic is transcending hype. And in this episode, we're going to talk about three things. First, hype is king. Second, smoke and mirrors. And finally, excited versus interested. Number one, hype is king. So first things first, we should probably define the word hype so that we're all on the same page. Dictionary.com simply defines hype as, one, to stimulate, excite, or agitate. Two, to create interest in by flamboyant or dramatic methods. And three, to intensify using ingenious or questionable claims, methods, etc., as in advertising and promotion or publicity to intensify the effect. So all of these are verbs, right? They're action words. To hype something up, right? Is to stimulate, to create interest, to intensify. But hype can also be a noun. A noun is a person, place, or thing, right? Going back to first grade or whenever it was we learned about nouns. And hype is a very real thing. It's something that exists in and of itself, similar to the concept of buzz, as in buzz marketing. I can still remember remember back in the early 2000s, maybe two thousand four, five, five or six, I don't know. I was working in a church um, as a web slash communication guy, and the terms buzz marketing, viral marketing, and word of mouth marketing were all just taking off, all because of the fact that there was an increase in web traffic. um, People had started blogging, uh, the, new, the new kid on the block, social media was there, you know, and with all of these things, all these different avenues for marketing, there was literally no stopping a product, service, or idea for that matter. If you could just get the online community buzzing about it, about you or your thing, then you are getting free advertising and there's no better kind. If your friends are doing it, if the influencers are doing it, yes, if the world is doing it, shouldn't I do it? And that's the power of buzz marketing, or what I'd like to generically term as hype. And it isn't hard to see that today. Hype is king. Uh, As the digital world of 2005 and 2006 expands, fine-tunes itself, and learns what works best, we're faced with some, some extremely new challenges and realities. Today, everything is available online. Data data about us. It's the gold standard of our day. It is bought and sold as if it was a precious metal, right? With our increased use of social media, we are a trapped audience. No longer do um, marketers have to figure out where you're going to be in order to market to you. They know exactly where you are. You are standing right in front of your little screen for a huge amount of time each day. So as long as you are advertising on all of the top platforms You're going to have access to almost everyone in a variety of ways every day. And the scary thing is this. No longer is it just an Instagram account, right, that you have to find and agree to follow. No longer is it just hype in the form of your friends posting about something and you finding it that way. Now, it's artificial intelligence, or AI, deciding what you should and shouldn't see. Don't believe me? Watch the Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma and you'll get a whole new perspective on what this means moving forward. Now, I could do an entire episode or even series on this topic and the role that social media has played in our culture, but for now, I'll just say that the future looks bleak, uh, at least in terms of social media and the role that AI is starting to play. One of the issues that came to the forefront um, in the 2020 presidential election was this whole conspiracy theory thing. Now, we've all heard conspiracy theories, right? They aren't new. In fact, they've been around since the dawn of time. Many are innocent, right? A person or group of people asking questions about an event and suggesting that something deeper may have been going on, you know? Uh, And then there are the more sinister conspiracy theories. So these would be theories that were actually invented or crafted somehow on purpose in order to cause chaos, dissent, or unrest often for political reasons or um, as propaganda meant to manipulate people. You know, one one big example of this was the way that propaganda was used in Nazi Germany in order to manipulate an entire people group um, to do the things that Hitler was wanting them to do. But now, with the use of AI, conspiracy theories have become even more dangerous. And here's how it works. So somebody comes up with the conspiracy the theory, rather, and then presents it online. People start to like it and share it on their feeds and share it with their friends. It starts small, but then the AI algorithm takes over. The computer starts making the decisions for us, determining what is popular and what is not. A conspiracy theory that gets a sudden spike in likes is boosted by the algorithm and shown to more people. And it creates what we would call the snowball effect, right? Rolling downhill, picking up steam. Now, the computer, the artificial intelligence, the algorithm itself, doesn't view the content as good or bad, moral or immoral. It simply views it as content that is either valuable or not valuable. And this is how a conspiracy theory that is completely false and proven to be false Can still take the social media world by storm and actually dupe unsuspecting people into believing a lie. Now, I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole here. So let me bring it back to our topic today, which is hype, right? The two are not totally unrelated. A conspiracy theory that is being promoted online and has the full support of AI is the hype, right? It's the thing that everybody is seeing, talking about, and potentially being confused by. So back to our definition. It is stimulating and exciting. Hype is creating interest because it is flamboyant and dramatic. And hype seeks to intensify the situation through ingenious or questionable claims and or methods. And that, my friends, is why I consider hype to be a scary thing, especially when hype is king. Now, scary, I say scary, but not scary like a horror movie. That's too obvious. No, this is scary on a whole different level. It's scary because it is deception and it is manipulation that we aren't even always aware of. It's being tricked into believing something for two years only to find out later that you were misled. It's not a good feeling. I mean, especially if you live those two years of your life differently because of that false information. You know that feeling, right? You know how that feels when that happens. It's horrible. In fact, I think it's one of the most cruel things that can be done to a person. It's bad enough when a person knowingly does this to another person, but these days, it could be happening every day, little by little, simply because AI programming is running the show. It's a technology that we built, but once we let it loose, it's out of our control. It simply does what it was created to do, and aside from pulling the plug, we're kind of at the mercy of this new decision-making platform. For those of you who love a good sci-fi movie, uh, this will sound a lot like the Terminator series. Um, You know, you have a similar scenario where man creates computer and the computer takes over and tries to destroy man. Of course, in these movies, AI takes over the world, right? It manifests itself in physical, mechanical beings and implements of war bent on the destruction of humankind. But what if it wasn't that obvious? What if the same thing is happening today just on the mental and emotional level, machines controlling our minds versus actually trying to physically kill us. I guess that's more on the level of the Matrix series, or maybe it's a combination of the two. At any rate, I've gone down a pretty dark path, so let's get back on the well-lit highway as we started. Number two, smoke and mirrors. So we've done a deep dive into hype and what it is and how it's become king in our culture today. But what we haven't addressed is the question, why? Why is hype king and what's really behind it? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here and I don't want to spiritualize it to death, but there are three things that I believe are behind the hype culture that we live in. First is selfishness. So we live in a capitalistic society, right? One that's built on the concepts of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, And too much focus on the pursuit of happiness tends to make one selfish. So really, we live in a country where selfishness is a goal, even if we don't think of it in those terms. And that's one of the reasons that hype is king, because it has loyal subjects. Number two is profit. So there is no better social construct for a business or a company than a selfish or self-centered society, right? Your advertising, buzz marketing, and yes, your hype is like throwing gasoline on an out-of-control fire. The voices of our day are, I want this, I want that, I like this, Uh, I think I need to have that, Uh, they have that, and I don't. So as a company, business, or individual, you just give them what they want, and you'll rake in the profits. Hype is big business in our culture because everyone wants a piece of the pie. Everyone wants to make bank off of our pursuit of happiness. So they create products, services, travel, entertainment, all things that we just can't help but pass up because it's part of the hype. And finally, number three is distraction. So on a spiritual level, hype is a means of distraction. Uh, Think about all of the time we spend watching TV, surfing the web, keeping up with social media. We're literally ensuring that there is a constant hype data stream entering our brain. A data stream that is distracting us from other, more important things, right? It's smoke and mirrors, to be sure. And who is behind all of it? Well, there is that one guy, Satan, who is probably just laughing his head off right now. I mean, even if he isn't 100% responsible for our hype culture... Don't you think he's fully satisfied with the way things are going? I mean, he's like a puppet master, right? He has us all running around with our heads cut off like rats in a cage, like dogs chasing our own tails. Number three, excited versus interested. Okay, you say, I get it. I get it. I live in a crazy world and it's marketing to me 24-7. I get it. Using hype to keep my heartbeat up, my adrenaline flowing, and my desire to be happy always in the front of my mind but that's just life, dude. It's just the way it is. We can't change it. So what are we supposed to do about it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Have you seen the movie, The Truman Show? It was a brilliant film released back in, I think it was 1998, starring Jim Carrey. Uh, Long story short, Truman is allowed to be born into a fake world, an elaborate movie set made to look like a small town but this small town was nothing more than an extreme reality television show. And Truman was the star, only without consent. So he grows up in the town, he goes to school, he gets a job, starts a family, and he basically lives his entire life thinking it's his life. But along the way, he begins to sense that something isn't right. Small incidents, technical glitches, actors on the show that flubbed lines or went too far off script, each built a each built upon themselves to the point where Truman finally makes a daring attempt to cross the ocean and escape the small town. Spoiler alert, uh, in the climactic ending of the film, Truman, having made it through a near hurricane level storm on the fake ocean, sails his boat back into the sunshine and immediately makes contact with the outer wall of the television set. He realizes the wall is there, painted like the horizon with blue sky and clouds, there's a walkway all around the outer wall. He gets out of the boat, onto the walkway, and eventually comes to a door which leads offset and into the real world. Crazy, right? I know, but what an illustration of the way our kids are growing up today. They are being born into a culture that has them running around unaware that there is more to life than meets the eye, that there is a bigger world out there just on the other side of the fake ocean. Lucky for us, there are signs along the way, right? We see things that make us look up. Things happen to us that make us stop and think. People uh, who care about us stop and tell us to look up. We hear messages, we listen to podcasts, we read books, all telling us to look up and see what is really going on. But at the end of the day, it's up to us whether we actually listen to the warnings. We either look back down and go about our business Or, like Truman, we step into the unknown and continue to search for truth. Ultimately, the truth that we're looking for are the ones that answer our big three questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And where do we go when we die? These are the three things that we're being distracted from. These are the things that Satan hopes to hide from us with the smoke and the mirrors. To wrap things up, we have two options. We can either be excited or interested. Now, people who are excited are suckers for the hype, right? If you survive on excitement, the flashy, the new, and things that excite the senses, the next big things, what's popular at the time, what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is wearing, the things that you need to have so that you can keep up with everybody else, looking the way you need to look so that you fit in, if this is you, you're living the excited life. But there is another option. You can live the interested life. People who are able to see things the way they are and see through the smoke and the mirrors. They hold off and they watch. Flashy and exciting things are first evaluated for their worth. There's a need to see value in something before spending a lot of time pursuing it and then ultimately choosing things based on their inherent value versus their hype value. Now, I'm not going to be all dogmatic and say that you have to be one or the other, but I would challenge you to take an interest in life first and then find a few things to be excited about after that. See, it isn't an all or nothing kind of a thing. It's more of a getting your priorities straight kind of thing. Do first things first, laying a strong foundation so that the hype things that creep in from time to time won't fully take over. Let's land the plane. This week, I'd like you to ask yourself the following questions. Number one, what does hype mean in your world? What has your attention? And can you tell what things have a real stranglehold on you? Number two, do you understand the smoke and mirrors concept? Do you feel... That living in the hype keeps you from seeing or doing more important things with your life. And finally, are you excited all the time? Or have you found things to be interested in first? And with that, we will end for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Love, love, love having you on the journey. Uh, Until next time, friends, have a great week. Don't fall for the hype and keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content, as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.